just want to say, Helen is one of our legends in our movement. She, I've had the privilege of knowing Helen probably since about 1998 or sometime around then, and then and then being involved in church in London with Pastor Bruce and Pastor Helen, and um, and they are just absolutely phenomenal. Anyway. <laughs> She travels the world and still does, which is cray-cray, but God is so good. <laughs> and, um, and also, she, we see doors opening in and around Europe, and she's been traveling into other parts, um, speaking at women's conferences, and I don't know if she's going to share on that tonight, but, but you need to know that Helen is um, an amazing international speaker. And... And she is part of our house and we love her so much. So Helen, why don't you come on up? Hello ladies. Right, so good to be here in Wellington. So I wonder if I could have some house lights up so I can see all your pretty faces. Is that all right? That's better. Okay, there you are. How about we just lift our hands up to the Lord? You know, are you expecting good things tonight? Such a privilege to be with you. And my computer's gone off, that's all right. Father, we just thank you for tonight. Father, we thank you that you're going to do amazing things in our midst. Father, we thank you for the expectation that's here. Father, thank you that you're going to fulfill desire. And Lord God, even, Lord God, remind women of their dreams, Lord God, to have the courage to take hold of them again. So Father, we commit this time to you. We thank you in Jesus' name that you're here and you're present in Jesus' name. Amen. How about give it one another a greeting while I fix my computer. Just a minute. Keep talking, girls. Keep talking. Keep talking. Hang on. Done it. Cool. This is the trouble with the iPads. Okay. Ready to go. So it's quite scary for me uh, using an iPad, but... Um, I don't know whether you know my husband, Bruce, but he's quite pushy and, you know, <laughs> encouraging, it's called. But he's like, Helen, you need to use your iPad when you preach. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I like paper. You know, I like the feel and I can write all sorts of notes over it. But when I was in, um, uh, in Europe in last April, I was, we were moving so fast, and somebody would say, would you take another message, or would you do something here, or would you teach? I went to Denmark thinking I was doing a two-hour ministry on kids, you know, on um, serving in kids' ministry and leading kids' ministry, and um, it was actually four hours, so I was preparing in hotels on my computer, and I didn't have a printer, so I was out there. So I just had to use and get used to my iPad but you can see I'm still not that skilled. <laughs> but I thought, you know, as much as I love paper, and it's not paper's better than iPad or iPad's better, it's like I've gone out there now. And to go back would mean it's harder to go forward to the next thing. And I think that's a principle here that some of you have gone out there, but you feel like retreating. You feel like going back to what you know, and God's saying, no, if you've taken a step, 
out there, stay out there because it's going to be much harder to advance. You know, when we were standing in worship then, I just felt like God's going to give some of you a, a Pentecost experience. Now, I don't know whether all of you know what a Pentecost experience is, but when the disciples gathered and prayed together, the Holy Spirit came like a mighty rushing wind, and I believe God just wants to come in tonight, and it was like tongues of fire landed on them, and they began to speak in tongues and praise God, you know, in languages they didn't understand, but were understood by people who heard them. It was a phenomena, you know, and God wants to fill us afresh again with that fresh rushing wind of the Holy Spirit. How many people want a Pentecost experience? Come on, if you don't speak in tongues tonight, you're going to speak in tongues. We, got, we need it to live our Christian life. So um, the word I've got on my heart, and I believe in a prophetic feel, I'm an intuitive leader, um, that out of my spirit is like that word spread. Acts 6 verse 7, and the word of God spread. And the number of disciples multiplied greatly. So I just wrote a series for the kids calling Revival Fire. You know, fire is catching, and we need to catch the fire. And I believe you're going to catch the fire tonight. Fire spreads. In the natural, it can be destructive. But the fire of God makes us come alive in the call of God to make a difference in the world in which we live. And we want to make a difference. We say we want to serve God. And that's why you girls are all keen and you're here, because you want to serve God with everything that you've got. Is that right? Say, so that's right. Okay, well, to start, I'm going to come back to my holiday. Okay, it's always good to say what God told me on my holiday and what I needed to embrace. We had a great year last year. We worked fairly hard. We saw amazing things happen. We did a great Christmas production with the children, which was awesome. Went overseas, um, saw lots of open doors, as Chrissy said, in Europe. God is moving powerfully. And so we were really busy. I had Christmas dinner, which I love setting tables. I like setting tables. It's my fun. Even more than cooking is like setting the table. And had about 34 visitors and for lunch, and it was great. But then we decided we'd go on holiday. Okay, we've really earned this holiday. Um, we'll go and up, up to a little farmless and stay in a cabin. But when I got there, I ended up with a really sore back. And I think it was because I was driving my Mini, and probably the seat's a little bit concave, and I hadn't driven it long distance before, my little Mini Cooper. Um, and so I was driving that, but I was driving, looking in the rear vision mirror, because do you know why? The whole way up there, because my mum and dad in their 90s were driving their motorhome behind me, and I didn't want to lose them, so I'm driving like this, and you know, for the first four days of my holiday, I couldn't move. I'm like, I've never had backache before, so I empathize with anybody, and mine was just strained, nothing out of place, but just strained, but it was painful, and I got a bit of a sinus infection, and I'm never, ever sick. This is like, whoa. But God just said to me, Helen, you're out of shape physically. And we're going to talk about shape today. It's like, you know, maybe you haven't been as good as your, at your self-care, maybe as you should. And then a conviction came on me, because I love work. I love what I do. I'm incredibly passionate. But I'm actually breaking one of the commandments. 
and I'm not keeping the law of the Sabbath. And I'm like, I've got to get better at doing this. Otherwise, who do I think I am that I can keep working at a pace? So I thought God was speaking to me and saying, come on, Helen, you must mark a Sabbath as much as you can, not legalistically, but really you need to get in shape physically. So I did some acronyms on shape. So you know what an acronym is? So I used it for spiritually. I went, excellent. I love my devotion. Like, I love my prayer life. I love the word of God. I have my devotion every morning, not out of law, but because I'm, I can't wait to see what God says to me. Emotionally, yeah, I'm all right. I'm above average, maybe average above. Um, vision, yeah, it's coming out my ears. <laughs> I'm always full of ideas and, and what God's saying. But physically, I was poor. I'm thinking, wow. It hasn't caught up with me before, but it caught up with me. And I felt like I need to shape up. So I just thought I'd give you an idea, because you might like to think about your life. And maybe you're not in shape in some areas. And today is, or tonight's a good place to go, okay, I want to shape that, because we can all be better, be more like God wants us to be, to do the things he wants to do, to believe more, to have faith. So here's the spiritual ones. They might go up on, on the thing behind and just as an idea, and it's like spirit, didn't come up, did it? Example of how I stay in shape, there it is, okay, is seek. You know, what I'm going to do in life is always seek God. You know, his opinion, as we heard, is the most important. You know, he's uh, the lover of my soul. He's, he's close to me. He's, he's my savior. He's my Lord. I'm always going to defer and seek God. I'm going to seek him out, seek his company. I'm going to hear what he says. And you know, one word from God fixes it for me. One word from God just makes everything else fall into place. It makes things make sense. And I live my life hearing. Then I ask God, how? How can I apply this? How am I going to weave these truths? So I just don't like, oh, great word. But actually, I work it out in my life. How? How am I going to, to weave that and to let it become part of my fabric. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to speak out what I believe. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. Prophesy like it is done. Because that's what faith is when we hear, we prophesy. And I'm going to exhort. I'm going to give out of what God has given me to encourage everybody. And we've all got something to encourage someone else with. But we've got to look at our shape and go, do I need a little bit of, of change? Now, um, my grandchildren downloaded an app for me, you know, and it's a 14-minute workout. I've done it once, but I do mean to do it. I thought, I'll go and watch a movie. Relax, Helen, relax. So I went and watched La La Land. It was La La Land, all right? I went to sleep four times. <laughs> but then I watched Lion, and because it's true and it's a real story, I was awake the whole time. Then Sam, my son, rang me up and said, Mom, did you see that program on TV? He said it was about older ladies doing ballet. And I went, you're ringing to mock me. You're mocking me because sons mock. Uh, they, and fun, and fun. It's very loving and it's in fun. And, um, but he wasn't joking. He's like, there's a group that do ballet. You'd probably really like it. And do you know what the name of it is? The Silver Swans. 
So I'm going to check it out because I just might like it. <laughs> Woo! Okay, so, you know, you might want to write acronyms for parts of your life and go like, okay, this is what it's going to take for me to get into shape. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's for your children. Maybe it's for personal great, um, growth. Um, you just might need to just say, God, I want to shape up. I want to embrace being all that you've called me to be. Now, none of us can be perfect, but we're on a journey of shaping. Okay, so my one was, come on, Helen, get in shape physically. Okay, so here's some points about embrace. Are you ready for some points? Okay, you can take some. Okay, the first one is embrace your shape. And I'm not talking physically. Embrace your shape. Psalm 33, verse 11. The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. And you know, you can't change God's mind about you. He's already made a plan, and it's the best plan. You know, he has thought of, you know, the most amazing life you can live. And often we want to squabble about it, we want to reject it, or we want to adjust it. But you know, God's plans are the best. And we need to say, even from the beginning of time, he put it into place, what he wanted. He spoke, he prophesied, he counseled about what we'd look like. Verse 13 to 15, the Lord looks from heaven, he sees all the sons of man. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashions their heart individually, and he considers all their works. Don't you like that? He individually fashions. We don't have to be like each other. We can appreciate each other. But you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and your soul needs to know it. And any argument with God, you've got to bring subject to his fashioning. You know, you are an individual. You are a masterpiece. You are a one of a kind. And God has stamped you. He's branded you. And the best people we can be is to say, this is who I am. I'm going to embrace it. Going like, you didn't make a mistake. You knew what you were doing. And because I'm older, I'm like, I love what I find out more and more. And go, wow, God, you make incredible sense and your plans are good. So I'm going to look at Moses. And, you know, um, from the beginning of time, God had a call for Moses. He had already shaped out that Moses would be a deliverer. He had drawn him from a place where he could have um, been killed. But he put a, you know, he was put in a Moses basket and sent down the river, and he was rescued. He was drawn out of many waters. And his purpose was to draw many out of waters, to deliver the people of Israel. And we know that Moses set out to do that. He saw some Egyptian, um, you know, treating an Israelite harshly, and he killed the Egyptian. Then when he went out another day, they were afraid of him and said, are you going to kill us too? And Moses fled. So what happened? Moses did it in his own strength. He did it in the knowledge that he knew the call, but he did not rely on God. And we see that he fled. For the sake of his life, he fled into the wilderness. And there Moses was a shepherd, and he doubted the call on his life. He disowned the call on his life. And he was, in a sense, just in the back side of the desert, serving his father-in-law, looking after the sheep. And if we know the story, and it was great, we had a lot about fire, and I'm talking about fire today. God came with a burning bush to say, I'm calling you, and Moses, you need to embrace your shape. 
You need to embrace your call again. And then we see in Exodus 4 verse 2, God's encouraging him and said, Moses, what's that in your hand? And Moses said, well, it's just my rod. It's just something I use every day. I count the sheep maybe with it. (laughs) I correct the sheep. Come on, move along. (laughs) He also protected the sheep and probably beat away, you know, predators who were after the sheep. Moses said, it's just my rod. And then God says to him um, to throw it down, to cast it down onto the ground. You know, God has given us all a call. He's given us all a gift. But sometimes it's so familiar that we don't value it. We don't put any value on it that it's part and parcel of the amazing call God has for our lives. But you know, our gifts and our talents and our call have to leave us. And God said to him, would you cast it on the ground? And so Moses took what was familiar and he cast it onto the ground. And if we look at the scripture, it says it turned into a snake. Moses was afraid and he ran from it. He'd probably seen lots of snakes, but he was scared, and he ran from it. But you know, we've got to let something come from us. You can't hold on and go, I know I've got this gift, and it's great, but I'm just going to control it. It has to leave you. It actually has to leave your control, you controlling it. You've got to throw it down. And you know, sometimes we are afraid because it changes shape. And when we first went into ministry, we were positive, here we are. We were young, (laughs) but we were ready, up for the challenge, and we gave it. You know, we threw down, in a sense, and offered what we had to Jesus. But you know, it changed shape because it hits another dimension. When we let it go, it's God's, but also it hits a demonic realm. And it hits sometimes fleshly resistance. And we're like, didn't think it would be like that. It's not what I look like. How many people have reached out sometimes and you've given and then it's like, it's not what I thought or it didn't go how I thought it would. And then we run. And I believe God's going to address some things in people because there are some people here not accusing you, but God wants to get you up to speed and to say, I want you to embrace your shape again. That I've got a call, but you've run from it because it didn't look like what you visualized. And you've been afraid and you've run from it. And then we see that God told him to pick it up. And he says in verse, if I find it, Exodus 4, verse 4, then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and he caught it and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Israel, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. And what God says to me, the difference is how you pick it up. And if you picked up a snake in the natural by the tail, what would it do? It would probably turn around and bite you. But when we pick that up with authority and with a grip, it turns into something that God can use supernatural and miraculously. And God's like, come on, Helen, it's the way you pick things up. You know you've got a call. It has to come from you. Sometimes it's like, ah, I didn't think it would look like that. And we're horrified and we want to run. But it's like, no, you pick it up. You pick up the call I've given you. You believe what I've said. You embrace your shape. You use it because in in your hand under my anointing, it will achieve 
supernatural results. Are you afraid? It's like, pick up what God has given you. I was slow coming into the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I was a little afraid because I was quite self-conscious. I was probably quite contained in a way, though you wouldn't think about it, but that's the expression. God's given me a larger expression. And we were at a meeting, and we were Anglicans at the time, and they decided that they would pray for us. They didn't ask us and pray for us for the gift of tongues. Well, Bruce was fine, you know, he's fine. And I'm so frightened that I cry. Because I'm shy. And, but I went home, and God gave me the gift of tongues at home. And, you know, I'm the biggest advocate on speaking in tongues because it builds my spirit. It helps me go beyond my apprehensions, beyond my fears. And we need to be a bit more Pentecostal. We need to um, shake, rattle, and roll. No, <laughs> a little bit more. Come on, we're too contained. Or else we've been afraid and we've run. And God says, no, I want you to pick it up. I want you to embrace your shape. Come on, we pick it up with faith. No, this is what God's called me to do. If you don't have faith, that thing's going to bite you. And maybe some of you have been bitten. And you're, ah! And you've run. But tonight, you're coming out because God needs each and every one of us to go, we've got a shape, and I'm just going to get my arms around it, and I'm going to embrace it with all my heart. You know, maybe you've let things slip out of your grip. You know, maybe you've just let, and you've just missed some wonderful opportunities that God says, that rod did amazing things in Egypt. Look at all the miracles when God used that rod of Moses, something familiar, something ordinary. You might go, well, I'm just good at cakes or decorating cakes. or That's all part of your call. That's amazing. I look at how people decorate cakes and I wish I could do that. But we've all got a call and you've got to say, what's my shape? Am I in shape? Do I need to get in shape? Do I need to tighten my grip and say, this is what God has given me? This is the call from the beginning of time, from way back when I was fashioned by God. Maybe you're a giver, but maybe you've lost your ability to give and you've become a hoarder instead and a worrier. Worry comes with hoarding. Maybe you've lost your flow. Maybe you're an evangelist and you were great at asking people, but somewhere you've got afraid. You've let it go. And now that message of hope can't be heard in you any longer. I believe God's going to restore and bring back as we go, I love the shape you've got for me, God. Yeah, it frightens me at times, but on the other side of my obedience, I prove you over and over again. So embrace your shape. Okay, number two is embrace desire. You know, we don't just love God with our head, okay, because we can never work God out. You embrace God with your heart. You know, when I fell in love with Bruce, I didn't fall in love with him with my head. I fell in love with him with my heart. I used to work in the accountant's office, and he was a farmer in the local town. He would come in with his books for the accountant to, you know, do his accounts. And I would see him, and my, oh, my heart would flip, you know. I sort of like, oh, my goodness, flip, flop, you know. <laughs> Lost all sense of reason. It's, ah, and I think we've got to, in our faith journey, go heart style. And, you know, a lot of people start going head style, but, like, let's go heart style. 
What was our desire? What was our choice? It was in response to Jesus' love. So many people are like, I'll fix my lifestyle. And I think lifestyle is all about self-protection. I'll just get it so nailed down so I can survive. That's survival. You go heart style, you watch how God gives you the grace to embrace so, so much more. You know, when your heart goes flip, and I pray your heart's gone flip with God, it goes beyond reason, like Chrissy talked about giving. Doesn't make sense. Bruce and my heart went flip when we came into the things of God and, and the Holy Spirit. We just decided we wanted to serve God. So we packed up our four children. We didn't have, we had an appointment in Gisborne to Bruce, for Bruce to be the assistant pastor. So I think I was about 26 going on 27. He was two years older than me. And we had four babies. And we just knew we wanted to serve God. It's like our hearts have gone flip. Come on, I think a few hearts need to go flip. Come on, flip flop. <laughs> Don't get so nailed down. So what we did is we packed up all our furniture into the lounge of our farm house. And we got our caravan and we took off with four kids with no house available in Gisborne. We're like, we're just going. We're not going to wait for it all to fall into place because we've gone heart style. We've gone flip. Do you know, we thought, well, we'll holiday on the way to Gisborne till a house becomes available. So we went to Ohopi Beach, and three of our four children got chicken pox in the awning of the tent. But did that phase us? No, because we went flip. Our hearts went flip-flop. We're out for God, and we're going to go beyond reason. Come on, we need to get the restraints off and the head. And it says, no, don't take your head off. <laughs> Challenges come. And sometimes we want to retreat, but I want to encourage you, go hard. Now, a lot of people say, oh, go hard. I don't agree with that. It's like, don't go hard. When people say go hard, it often means that they're going to block other people out. It just means I'm going to focus. It's about me. I just want to get where I want to go. And I want to encourage you, don't say that. Say, I'm going to go hard. Because heart is more embraceive, and you will get to where God wants you to go, but you're going to take a whole lot more people so we need to go heart. Just go heart. What do I desire? God, I desire you. And we just need to come back to that promise, to that commitment, to, de to that desire. God, I want to serve you. And yeah, it might mean pulling myself up, but I'm not going to get hard-hearted in the process. And if I get offended, I'm just like, go heart, Helen. Just go heart. You know, forgive if you need to forgive, but just go heart. And another thing I say to myself is, Helen, just go worship. You know, if you can't work out something, you're disappointed, dissolute, just worship. Come on, just get into the place of worship. Just worship. And I find God just sorts everything out and gives me wisdom in the process. There's a lovely psalm that says, The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. And upon his head, yeah. And that's what I want. I want that shape of pure gold. That crown of pure gold on my head. What does gold represent? It represents faith. That I'm going to go heart, I'm going to go worship, and I'm going to go faith, or I'm going to go gold. 
And you know, you can't go gold if you're going hard, hard at the expense of others, hard at the expense of not wanting to obey God or doing it your own way. And so tonight, I just wonder if we can say, I want to embrace desire. I want my heart to go flip and flop in a sense that I'm lost in you. Not I worship you, but then I do my own thing. But I'll do whatever it takes, and I'm going to embrace desire. You know, sometimes we just overthink. And maybe if we can have that slide, and it's a friend of my granddaughter. So I've got 12 granddaughters, uh, grandchildren, six boys, six girls, and the oldest is now 20. So um, we're very rich. But sometimes we just overthink. Does that look like your brain sometimes? We're like spaghetti junction. Everything's connected. We don't feel good enough. You know, we compare ourselves and we overthink. But I just think if you bring it back to desire, what do I desire? I desire to respond to you, Jesus. So what shape is your head and your heart in? Embrace desire. Number three is embrace grace. You know, grace is God's empowering presence, enabling me to be all that God has called me to be and do all he is called to do. I love to think of grace as my wide open space. How many people like space? And we're talking about shape and space. I love wide open spaces. And I love wide open spaces, as I'm sure you do in the spirit, where you can stand tall, Romans tells us, declaring God's praise totally uninhibited. That's what grace is. And we can be sometimes running at our own ability, or we can say grace. It's the grace of God. And you and I have all received the grace of God, but we've got to embrace it. In fact, grace is your X factor. We have all received grace. And if we look at Queen Esther in the Bible, I like the expression. It's just like when her turn to come in, we'll skip a bit. Esther obtained favor in the sight of the king. She was brought before the king. He were, there was a space for a new queen. Lots of young ladies had been brought in and were groomed and, you know, had some beauty treatment, and then they were taken in. But it says she obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. Esther 2.17, the king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Can I suggest to you, and this is my thought, God's grace is the more than factor. We have all been given graces. We've got the same grace, but we've got different graces, and your grace is your more than. And I thought, was Esther much, much, much more beautiful? Or was there a grace on her life because it was a God appointment that made her stand out? And you've got to know because there's an oil in you that flows. And I've known the oil that flows in my life for a long time. It's, I, it jumped out at me at Scripture. It was being prophesied over me, and it's like, yeah, I know that. And it's from Psalm 45, verse 7. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And I know that there's an oil that flows in my life of gladness. I delight in small things. It doesn't take a lot to make me happy. But I believe God's given me that grace, that more than, to offset 
the sensitivity that he would give me to do a great work in him. You know, if I didn't have that oil, maybe I wouldn't handle all the responsibility he's given me. And can I suggest to you, you've got an oil that flows in you that's more than. You've got something more than your friends sitting next to you. But we all have. And you know your oil, and I believe that gladness gives me the joy, (laughs) gives me the bounce, gives me the faith to be able to see something different than all the responsibility we carry or the depth, the way I feel about things. That probably would be too heavy, but there's an oil. And you're going to find your oil. I believe God's going to download to you sometime over this weekend or in the weeks to come. What's my oil? And I just need to come back. When I get overwhelmed, God just says, come back to flow. Don't try and do it this way, that way, or like something. Just come back to flow. What's your flow, Helen? It's your heart. My anointing is my heart because my heart's towards him. And, but you've got a flow. You've got a more than. And Esther's grace was called to be queen, to set a nation free from annihilation. And so she naturally was chosen by the king because it was a God appointment, but she flowed in the grace. And he loved her more than any of the others. But you've got a more than. And your more than is going to be the thing that gets the job done. That helps you fulfill purpose in your life. We can employ our knowledge. We can employ public opinion. We can employ our own thoughts. Or we can activate the grace and the oil to sense God just wants it to flow. Come on, let it course through you because it's going to offset some of the responsibility because there's another thing at work, an oil, a grace that makes you attractive. It gives me the joy that I have, the delight. And in the strength finder, strategic. I'm like, I'm going to find a way out of here. If I'm stuck, if I've fallen over on my face and we all fall over on our face, something changes shape. But there's an oil that gets me through. And I believe God said he's anointed you with an oil of more than. You've got something more than. Isn't that grace? Great. But you've got to embrace that grace. Because it attracts favor. The ones that work with me know some of my sayings. <laughs> and um, one is like, come on, well, let's put our favor shield on. And it says in Psalm 5 that he surrounds us with favor like a shield. Sometimes we've got things financial challenges, you know, because we want something, but it's like for the ministry, but it's like, oh, no, that's too expensive. I'm like, come, let's put our favor shield on. We're surrounded with favor. And it's like, no one's going to resist us. We're irresistible. Our faith is irresistible. And when we went back to the mercury, it's like there's not enough room for all of us. And, you know, sometimes it can leave 50 to 80. It would be 80 to 100 children displaced if we were to go back to the mercury. But I said, come on, let's put our favor shield on. I went and asked the restaurant on the corner, which can, you know, we use this for our kids' you know, breakout area, one of, our, one of our departments. And so what they did is they didn't open till an hour later. And they never sent me an invoice. Because we put our favor shield on and favor is attractive. There's a grace. So come on, what's your grace? And come on, let's go faith. How many people want to go faith? Come on, go faith all the way and realize what oil's on you. Come on, let's stir up faith. We're Christians, but we're also faith. We're full of faith. Okay. 
Last one, and then I'll wind it up. So we've got to embrace your shape, your core. Embrace desire. Come on, go heart. Express yourself. You know, if somebody says, I love God, you know, it doesn't really look like you love God. That's an exaggeration. But anyway, just to get your attention. And let's uh, embrace the grace that's on our life. Wow, go wow. Turn to your neighbor and go, wow. 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 Say to them, there's an oil that flows in me. Okay, last point is embrace servanthood. And people don't want to be like, no. You know, but we've got to make a commitment to serve. And a lot of people want to be like, I just want to get out here in God's vision or out here and do some amazing things. But you know, there's steps and there's a way to get um, to it. And it often involves servanthood. But how many people want to shy away from servanthood? Like, no, I don't really want to do that. And I read in the Bible about the Queen of Sheba. She heard about Solomon's kingdom. So she said, I'll just put my kingdom in the hands of my servants. And I'll just take this amazing long trip with no guarantees that I'll see what I've heard about. And I'll travel all the way to see about Solomon's kingdom. So she went. And we see in 1 Kings 10, verse 6 and 7, she was overwhelmed with what she saw. Then she said to the king, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. And I thought to myself, this is just my revelation. This is all me. <laughs> not real. Not real. What did she see? She saw the servants and she saw the shape of a kingdom in those servants. She didn't see servants just doing a job. She saw a shape of a kingdom. She saw the glory, the vision of Solomon outworked through the excellence of the servants. And her heart was totally overwhelmed and said, it's greater than I could have ever, ever imagined. And I teach the children and we teach the children, our team, that servants see the miracles first. You know, when the water turned into wine, who was most aware of that miracle? But often people are like, no, I want to avoid that. You know, just skip that. I'll leave that for someone else to do. And I'll just turn up. And, but it's the servants that see the miracles first. And I believe we're in a season, and my word is spread. The word of God is spreading. When we put the word of God in intentionally, when we worship and we go heart, God's got something to spread. If you're not into the word of God, what's God going to breathe on? He's going to breathe on, our word, on the word of God as we're intentional of building it into our life. He's going to spread on a heart of worship that says, right, you know, I, I just want to worship you. That's what God's going to spread on. That's what he's going to breathe on. And I believe he's going to breathe on you girls tonight. That you can be encouraged. And, oh, I've got a shape. <laughs> yeah, I've got desire. I've got a grace that's more than and I'm happy to be a servant. Could I just put this, how about, because it just comes up. How many people wear an apron? Might be a generational thing. I love my apron. When I cook, I can wipe my hands all down my apron. If it's got a pocket in it, I can pick out things and put it in my, in my apron. And listen to this. 
We've just got to keep on serving. Don't give up. Because the master's going to come back and he wants to find you doing what he's called you to do. In Luke 12, verse 35 to 38, in the message, it talks about when the master shows up. Keep your shirts on. (laughs) Keep the lights on. Be like house servants waiting for their master to come back from his honeymoon. Awake and ready to open the door when he arrives and knocks. Lucky the servants whom the master finds on watch. He'll put on an apron. Sit them at the table and serve them a meal, sharing his wedding feast with them. It doesn't matter what time of the night he arrives, they're awake and they're so blessed. You know, and so many people are going to sleep at this stage where we're in an exciting stage in history, when we're at an exciting stage on the, on the edge of, like we're in revival, but God just wants to pour out His Spirit. And we've got to keep doing what God has called us. Be found doing. And I love it that it says that God will put on His apron. He'll sit you down and He will share. And I love that experience. It's like I'm not waiting for specifically because God already shares. He already says, sit down, puts on his apron, goes to work for me when I was in London. So many beautiful things. And I'm like, did you do that just for me, God? We're looking for a house that my parents who are elderly to come and live with us in their 90s. Because I don't want them to live in a town all by themselves in their last years. I want to dignify their lives. I want to love on them. I want to prepare them for eternity. So we're continuing just to serve and do what God wants to do, but I know God's going to put his apron on. He's going to sit us down and he's going to leave us astounded. That's what I pray when I'm like, it's not happening yet. Leave me astounded. Leave me amazed. Show us your glory. Let heaven invade. And I want to encourage you to embrace servanthood. Rock your apron. Now your apron doesn't just mean domestic chores. It means whatever you're called to out in the workplace, out in the community. Don't stop doing what you're called to do, but embrace that heart of a servant because it's got the shape of a kingdom. And sometimes you look at people like Heidi Baker who picks up every orphan off the street in Mozambique and gives them a home. She met a lady, just a side note, who didn't have a name. And she gave her an African name, which means you exist. And she held that woman, she embraced that woman who had never had a name, never had an identity as such. And she embraced this woman. And as she embraced her with the love of Jesus, her blind eyes turned brown and she began to see. Come on, there's miracles as we serve. There's miracles as we give. There's miracles as we embrace and we live in an important time. So don't stop. Don't go hard and all about me and protecting me. Let's go heart. Capacity. Let's go worship. God, it's about you. Let's go for gold, which is like, I want a a crown of pure gold. I want you to set that on my head that you're pleased. Are we perfect? No. Shall we do everything? Not always. But we've got a God who loves us, who's fashioned us. So I just want you to everything I have for you. How about we stand to our feet? Let's just take a moment. Ah, A lot of words. 
What do you need to maybe shape up in? And I'm not talking in a, oh, you know, a hard way. But God, I just want to see something molded in my life a bit differently. Because I've just gone out of shape a little bit in that area. I've lost a bit of desire. Or maybe, uh, yes, there's Matt. Yep, okay. <laughs> Matthew just holding my computer. You know, maybe we've been fearful and we've run away. And I believe today God wants to restore. He wants us to come back to everything that he has for us so that we can be deliverers. We're all called to be deliverers, whether it's of our household, our neighborhood, our town, our city, our nation, nations around the world. By the very fact that we're delivered, we are deliverers. You are all deliverers. God's got a mighty plan. So how about we just make our own response right now to God? We'll open the altar call here and... You want prayer later? You want to be prophesied on? But I believe God just wants to move in your heart right now. How about just closing your eyes? And just say, I'm making a move. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just making a move to you. Father, I want, in a sense, to shape up my emotional stability. I want to shape up my responses. I want to shape up my servanthood. That I've just thought, oh, no, it doesn't matter. But I thank you, Lord, that you're mindful of those that serve and you shape their hearts into, Lord God, a place that reveals your glory. Father, I pray for each and every woman right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father God, that you'd speak into their lives. And if you're here and you know that you've been running, how about just lifting up your hand and go like, yeah, I've been a little fearful, I've tried and it hasn't worked out and... I've just let it go. Some of you have lost your grip. Come on, let's be honest. Come on, we're going to take a firmer grip on what God has given us. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now I pray for, Lord God, all these women that are responding. And Father, I pray that they'd pick up what you've given them with power, with authority, Lord God, that they might see the miraculous, Lord God, their natural, Lord God, just, um, Lord God, just overcome in a sense with your supernatural. Or your supernatural is going to touch their natural. So, Father, I thank you that there's a drawing. There's a drawing to you in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you what you want to release through these beautiful women. Thank you that you're more than enough. Thank you, Lord, you're shaping us, you're speaking to us. Father, we haven't yet fulfilled all that you want for us. But tonight we tighten our grip. We get a grip on what you've said. We've got a grip on the plan. We've got a grip on the purpose. Lord, we've got a grip, in a sense, on you, that we love you. Father, I pray, create a fresh, new expression in people's hearts. Just receive. Come on, there's an anointing here. There's a beautiful anointing after worship. Let God move you. Come on, we're moving, but let God move you. Come on, let him shift you into a new place. Hear his voice and respond to him today. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. How about we sing? Come on, address your love to the King.